You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Brewers on Tap. Welcome to episode number 59 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grimm. Great to have you with us as we're from Chicago. The Brewers and the Cubs in the midst of a four-game series. It is a seven-game road trip for the crew as they'll head out west to Seattle on the back end of this trip for three with the Mariners. Here's what we have for you on the podcast today. We'll talk to Brewers right-hander Willie Peralta, who has come back up from Colorado Springs. And quite frankly, he's been a different guy over his two starts in a Brewers uniform since coming back up from Colorado Springs where he got sent down back in June. So we'll talk to Willie about that whole experience. And we're going to talk to an interesting prospect for the Brewers, former Texas A&M Aggie Ronnie Gideon, who is currently in Helena in the Pioneer League with the H Brewers and doing really good things at first base and showing a lot of power. And so uh, Ronnie Gideon's turning some heads at the lower levels of the Brewers minor league system. So that's all coming up for you. The Brewers over the past week, uh, the Braves were in town, as you know, uh, lost the first couple of games of that series, won the last two on Wednesday and Thursday. The Thursday game, the Brewers winning, scoring in every single inning of that contest. It's a very rare feat. It's more rare than a perfect game in Major League Baseball. So very rare, obviously, and pretty cool accomplishment for the crew offensively. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Reds came to town. The Reds able to take the Friday-Saturday matchups with the crew getting the Sunday game. An off day on Monday and a doubleheader on Tuesday in Chicago at Wrigley Field against the Cubs, and the Cubs winning Game 1 4 to nothing, and winning Game 2 4 to one The big news that came out of the games on Tuesday were the injuries to Ryan Braun and Chase Anderson. And the early reports on both are more day-to-day. Chase Anderson took a line drive off of his left quad. He left the game with a left quad contusion just two-thirds of an inning into his start. Ryan Braun slid into the left field wall. He twisted his knee. It is a knee sprain, a left knee sprain for Ryan Braun. He is also listed as day-to-day moving forward, and we'll have to see how Ryan Braun's going to respond to this and if he'll be able to be back in the lineup at some point during this road trip. Also, the crew made a couple of moves. Of course, on Tuesday, they brought up a 26th man with that doubleheader. That was Tyler Gravy, who pitched well in the first game against the Cubs. Also, Damian Magnifico was recalled from Colorado Springs, made his Major League debut in Game 1 against the Cubs of that doubleheader. Michael Blazik was placed on the on the disabled list as he has some arm fatigue and just needs a little bit of town time as well. So those are some of the roster moves that the Brewers have made. All right, let's catch up with the crew. Let's catch up with the crew. I had the chance at Wrigley Field to sit down with Willie Peralta, and I asked him about his last couple of times out and if he's felt like a different pitcher. Yeah, uh, it's feel pretty good, man. Uh, 
they'd be able to be back and, and uh, first uh, pitch on my first uh, two star and do pretty good. Uh, you know, this is has been a tough season for me and uh, being able to they go to the minor league and uh, put my, all my stuff together, mechanica, able to the, the have uh, my slider back that I has trouble early in the season and. And being able to put all that together, that, that's the reason that, that I haven't success in my first uh, two-star here. You just mentioned the slider and being able to put that back together. What what were you focusing on when you went to AAA back in June? Just trying to, like I said, first of all was my slider. Second was uh, located my fastball because uh, my, my sinker wasn't working much when I was here. I was living up on the sun. And uh, my, my goal when I went down there was... Uh, Trying to get that, that fastball command back and get that two seamer down, and uh, focus on in, in that slider because uh, it's not easy to pitch uh, pretty much with one pitch here in the big league. So you had to make sure you got your speed together. Willie, when you came back up, you also had more velocity, or at least that's what it looks like. You have a little bit more velocity than what you had earlier in the season. Is is there something you attribute that to? Uh, you know, last, my last uh, three or four times in the league, like. I kind of got that velocity back that I have uh, in a few years ago, and the reason was uh, because uh, like my mechanics better. I don't, I don't try too hard to to pitch, so it's kind of like simple and smoother right now. And uh, that's probably the reason that the velocity is there because uh, my mechanic now is, is more simple. Is I'm not trying too hard. It's kind of come natural. How, uh, for you, Willie, how big of a deal was it for you to try to prove a point when you came back? Or did you try not to be that way to put too much pressure on yourself? Uh, you know, it kind of both. Uh, I, I want to prove it, but at the same time, I don't want to put, the, put my pressure, that pressure on myself. But I know what I can do, man. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I've, been, I've been here and I have, I have success uh, here in the big league before, so... It's nothing like I'm going to do new. There's something that, that I've been doing before. As My mind goal was, like, come here and just trying to do the best that I can, not trying to put pressure myself and trying to impress nobody. But at the same time, I wanted to get. It seemed like you had a good attitude in Colorado Springs, too, and you took that in stride. Yeah, the, you know, it's, I know this is a business at the same time, you know. Uh, and uh, I know I wasn't doing good early in the season, and uh, – I know it's going to happen in any any point. Uh, you know, it's not going to be the first time, first person that happened, and then not going to be the last too. But you know, when I went down there, the, my mentality is just work hard that I could, just pull myself together, and uh, trying to come back and and do what I what I'm doing right now. A lot of people talk about how difficult it is to pitch there because of the environment that you're pitching in. Did did you notice that? I know, I know. <laughs> When I watched the Triple A uh, in 2012, I went to uh, Colorado Springs to pitch there. It's not easy, uh, you know. But what you can do, where that's where the brewery is. Like, you know, I know it's tough, but you have to live with it. You know, trying to do the best you can. Did you as well, um, since you are a guy that's been in the show, that's been up here for a few years, did you take on some mentoring responsibilities with some of the younger guys that were there while you were there? Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, I, I talked to a lot of with uh, Orlando Archer. He's not a pitcher, but I talked to him when I was down there trying to help him out. I talked to uh, Hader, a uh, lefty that we got, top prospect, Lopez, uh, 
Jorge Lopez. He, that's a top prospect that was there, pitching that I always talked to them. They was started like we got time to spend in, a, in the dugout between Gaina. We always talk about it, trying to help them out the most that I can, you know, trying to teach them what I know. And, uh, you know, they've been doing good. Obviously, the team's a little different since you've been back up uh, with Jonathan Lucroy, uh, who is your battery mate a lot uh, over the years, now being moved to the Rangers. But, of course, you and Maldi very, very tight, uh, very, very close. And he was catching you quite a bit early in the season. Is it is it fun for you to see Maldi get an everyday opportunity now? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, like you said, like, Lou's gone. Uh, he's a tremendous teammate, tremendous catcher, too. Uh, you know, you not never want to lose him, but... Uh, Maldi, I'm happy for him that he get this opportunity to pretty much catch every day. That's the opportunity he been waiting since he got here in the in the big league. And you know, being able to die, just exciting, happy for him. I hope he do the best. You mentioned all the things that you worked on. How much in contact with Derek Johnson have you been through this process? And now that you're back up, yeah, we've been talking once in a while when I was down there, but was uh, talking with uh, Fred Dutton like. Fred Danny, he know me pretty well. He's the guy that that helped me like in the 2010 in high A, in 2012 and AAA. So he know he know me pretty well. He know my mechanic. I didn't even changed since that, uh, you know. And uh, he's a guy that I that I that I trust a lot. And uh, Derek too, like Derek Johnson. Well, we keep in touch. Uh, he's a guy that's trying to help too. Willie Peralta with us here from Wrigley Field. Um, you know how cool is it to be in this place? Obviously, you've been here before, but this is this is a fun atmosphere. It's it's oh it's always fun to be here, man. It's a it's a great history here. That every time that that you come here, like you remember. So I, when I was in Dominican, I always uh, watch the cops like in TV and stuff. Like be, every time that I that I come here, I remember where I come from and all the history that I hear about about the this study. Finally, uh, before you got sent down, you hit a home run in your last game. Uh, you know, your first career home run. How good did that feel, and, and how excited are you to try to get, you know, another crack at one of those at some point before the year's over? It's feel good, like, like how homer is not. It's by experience at the same time. I got sent down the same day that I, next day that I hit a homer. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, being able to have my first one, man, it's an uh, unbelievable experience, like, the other guy, I've like, been hitting Tony Homers and I'm BP, and uh, all my team have been uh, jogging around because I never had a one in the game. Uh, finally, I get one, and you know, excited man to be back, and at least I'm trying to get another one before the season ends. <laughs> Willie, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. Thank you. Our thanks to Willie Peralta for joining us here on the podcast. Okay, it's time for Sabermetrics 101. It makes its return to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about left-on-base percentage, LOB percentage. It measures the percentage of base runners that a pitcher strands on base over the course of a season. It doesn't use the left-on-base numbers that you see in the box score. Instead, it's calculated using a pitcher's actual hits, walks, and runs allowed results. This is all according to our friends at Fangraphs.com. So how do you calculate it? Well, it's hits plus walks plus hit batters, minus runs, divided by hits, plus walks, plus hit batters, minus 1.4 times home runs. Most pitchers have a left-on-base percentage around league average. That's 70, 75%. just kind of depends on the year. 
and pitchers that deviate from that average tend to see the numbers regress towards average in the future. In other words, if you see a pitcher with a 60% LOB percentage, they are letting lots of runners score, so their ERA might be kind of high, but the odds are that they're going to strand more runners in the future, and that will balance out. So that's left on base percentage, really something that a lot of people will take a look at specifically with relief pitchers. It is time to go down on the farm and check in on the Brewers minor leagues. Checking in on the farm. As we check in on the farm, we begin in Colorado Springs with the Sky Sox. Winners again on Tuesday night, and they have had an interesting turnover of their roster. A lot of guys have moved up. A lot of guys have moved up to Milwaukee as well, and so they've been replacing guys on that roster all season long. But they're now 59-61 and with their win on Tuesday night. So despite all that roster turnover, they're hovering around 500. Wei Chung Wong, who's been promoted from Biloxi, has made two starts now. He is 1-0. He got the win on Tuesday night. He has an ERA of 2.31. Very impressive stuff from Wei Chung Wong. Also, Josh Hader is showing some impressive signs as well. In his last five starts, he's allowed just 11 earned runs over 28 and a third innings pitched. That's an ERA of 3.52 during that span, and that's in a pretty hitter-friendly Pacific Coast League. Michael Reed's doing some good things recently, a 341 average in the month of August. That was through Monday's games. Also three home runs in that span for him. Maybe the big news... Lewis Brenson and Andrew Susak, both, of course, acquired at the deadline. Brenson in the Luke Roy Jeffress trade, Susak in the Will Smith trade, both currently injured. Susak probably won't play again in the minor league season. Might see him with the big league club before September's over, though. Brenson on the seven-day DL, that is not expected to be anything serious. It's a left hamstring strain and uh, he could be back before it's all said and done. Brinson was off to a great start, 391 average, grand slam, four doubles, and 11 RBIs in 12 games with the Sky Sox. In double-A Biloxi, the Shuckers 20-30 and 30 in the second half. After a strong first half, they went 39-30 and 30 in the first half, now sitting at 59-60 and 60 overall. Big news there is Clint Coulter, the 2012 first-round draft pick. Coulter promoted from Class A advanced Brevard County, and boy, has he earned... A lot of the attention he's getting. He uh, the tight, the Southern League Player of the Week this past week in ten games since his promotion, hitting five thirty eight, two home runs, and five RBIs. He sports an OPS of one point four three three. Taylor Youngman's been phenomenal since getting to Biloxi in his last twenty seven to third innings pitched. He's allowed just four earned runs. And of course, we all know about Brandon Woodruff, who went on a stretch. That has been unrivaled in AA this season. Over seven starts from early July through August. He allowed just two earned runs in 43 and two-thirds innings pitched. He won Southern League Pitcher of the Month for the month of July. Now, a little bit of trouble his last start, but overall, boy, unbelievable what Brandon Woodruff has been able to do. Brevard County has seen a couple of starts uh, from Phil Bickford who was also in that Andrew Susack-Will Smith trade, and Bickford was kind of the headliner of that trade. He has been good. He has thrown nine and two-thirds innings over two starts, allowed just three in runs. Here's what's impressive about him, though. Fifteen strikeouts in that span. Also, John Parent continues to be a steady performer on the mound at 2.46 ERA. He struck out 84 against 16 walks. Just incredible numbers for John Perrin right now. 
uh, at Class A Advanced Brevard County. Class A, the Timber Rattlers, 24 and 26 in the second half, and Isan Diaz just continues to chug along. A 14-game hitting streak was snapped on Monday for Diaz, hitting 366 over his last 30 days. 18 home runs for Diaz. That leads the Brewers minor league affiliates. Also third baseman Lucas Ursic, who's been a fast riser since being drafted in 16. He was in Helena, tore it up. Now he's in Wisconsin. A lot of success for him there. He's hitting 292, three home runs, and 17 driven. Another guy that we don't talk a lot about, Troy Stokes, left fielder for the Timber Rattlers, hitting 346 in the month of August, riding an eight-game hitting streak through Monday. Also getting some good performances on the mound from Zach Brown and Corbin Burns are the Timber Rattlers. Brown has struck out 25 over 29 innings, 2.17 ERA. Burns sports a 2.7 ERA, and he struck out 22 and 22 and a third innings as well. And, of course, we go to the Pioneer League where the Helena Brewers are getting a lot of power from Ronnie, Ronnie Gideon. Gideon with 11 home runs now. He's betting 452 over his last 18 games, and I went to Helena and was able to sit down with him. Ronnie Gideon uh, is our guest here on Brewers on Tap, a member of the Helena Brewers, former Texas A&M Aggie. Just wrapped up that career, now beginning your professional career. Uh, always an exciting time, obviously, and, and for you, got to be even more special because of your family and your background, your dad, of course, with the Rockies for a very, very long time. So you, you've grown up around the game. This has to mean a lot to you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the biggest blessing that I could fulfill of what I've wanted to do. I've always wanted to play pro ball. Um, I've always been around it. My dad's now been managing for 21 years, about to be 22 years, and I've nothing but lived baseball, and so that's been my life. And it's just, you know, now that I'm actually playing it from the different side of it instead of always being around it, it's it's the best opportunity I think I could have. Having the background that you, you have and, and understanding this game, how, how did that put work into perspective of what you have to do to get to this level? It made it actually that much harder you know it's a thing of I see people doing it each and every day and now that I have to do that and I feel like I need to live up to what I've seen and what I've experienced Mm -hmm. and so seeing that made it a little bit harder I mean not in a bad way but it made it harder so to speak that I needed to do even that much more to get here and doing that it it helped me out a lot and but also like I said it being hard, it made it easier too. Um, knowing what I had to do, um, being around it and seeing it, seeing what takes guys from you know rookie ball to the big leagues, um, it it did it both ways. You know, it made it easier, but also made it harder at the same time. And so it it's you know big. It gives you somebody you can talk to, though I'm sure you know away from your own clubhouse once in a while. That probably gives you some fresh perspective. Right. I mean seeing new guys learning new guys faces a whole new organization it's great you know because you're not always seeing the same thing you're hearing the same thing you're hearing new things that'll click with you differently and it's great in my opinion a&m playing in the sec it's a great conference you see a lot of first second round draft picks on the mound on a friday night how did that prepare you for this um it's it's different it's it prepared me in a great way of seeing experienced pitching seeing you know, higher level pitching, um, but it's different. College ball is completely different than mm-hmm. pro ball. Pro ball guys are going to come at you with fastballs, um, you know, challenge you to see what you can do. College, you know, they'll get ahead with a fastball and then they're going straight to their off speed. They don't want you to hit the long ball or prove that you can hit the long ball. They're going to keep you out of there as much as they can and, you know, make you get yourself out. So it's 
it's a big difference. What about your game? Where do you think your strengths are? Uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a hitter. My guy, my thing's power. I'm a, a big power guy. I like hitting the long ball. Um, but you know that's going to be a change. I need to change where. Hey, now I need to be an RBI guy, drive in runs. When the long ball comes, it comes. Um, I, I see also strength is playing first. You know, I have a good glove and I can you know pick it a little bit over there. So, I mean, I feel that power and my glove are going to be my big things. First base, pretty comfortable for you. Oh yes, um, I've always been a corner guy, third base, first base. Um, you know, I love, I love the corners, I love the hot corners. I'm ready for somebody to hit a ball at me hard. So um, yeah, I'm really comfortable there. What has stood out to you in in the last month since you got this thing underway at the professional level? Um, what stood out to me is, like I said earlier, pitching. Um, how aggressive guys are with their fastballs and how they want to go to their fastball and make you beat them rather than them giving up walks or something like that uh, it seems that people are going to love their fastball here and they're going to you know make you prove them they can hit a fastball ronnie we appreciate it thanks so much thank you much my thanks to ronnie gideon for joining me here on the podcast some other notes on helena gilbert lara one of the top prospects in the brewer system starting to warm up at the plate lara batting 340 over his last 12 games reaching base safely in each of those contests and third baseman weston wilson has uh, done a really good job specifically at home. He's hitting 379 at home at 19 games this year for Helena. And Nash Walters doing some good things. Also is Wilder Rodriguez. He's in the midst of a dominant stretch. Pioneer pitcher of Pioneer League pitcher of the week. Not allowed an earned run in his last four appearances spanning 17 innings. So impressive stuff from him as well. Some other notes from a minor league standpoint. Catcher Michael McHenry acquired from the Braves on Monday for cash considerations. He's with Colorado Springs. And right-handed pitcher Devin Williams moved up from Wisconsin to Brevard County. He's made one appearance since the promotion. Worked four innings of relief with three hits and one earned run. Williams, one of the top prospects in the Brewer system on the mound as well. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us for episode number 59. We'll talk to you next week for episode number 60. Until then, I'm Lincoln. Have a good one, everybody. Come on, come on.